Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. We want God to help you. We want God to help you with all the challenges that you're facing in your life. So I'm going to start off by blessing you because I really want God to guide you, help you, direct you, whatever, whatever you need. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need today, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the capacity and resilience to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever is going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to our study on creation. Get ready to marvel. Get ready to marvel at God. In fact, that is, that is the proper response to what we're looking at today. That we're, we're supposed to come out of this thinking, wow, God. Wow, wow, God. The Bible begins with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's the first sentence of the Bible. First chapter, first verse, first sentence. The very first claim of the Bible. And, and, it, and it's, it's this amazing setup for all that's about to follow. Today we're going to talk about God as the creator of life. God is the creator of life. And I'm going to put my cards on the table right, right off the bat. There, you know me by now. You, I, I'm just going to lay it all out there right now. I have the hardest time not seeing the brilliance of God, not seeing the creativity of God, not seeing the, the beauty, the precision of God when I ponder life and what it's like here uh, on planet Earth. When I look at the diversity of life, when I look at the complexity of life, when I look at the uniqueness of life, that there's actually life, and there's life here on, on this planet, whether it's plants or fish or amoebas or, you, you, not unicorns, uh, 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 elephants, lions, peoples, puppies, uh, in all of its diversity, in all of its diversity, I, I look at life and its beauty and complexity and I marvel at, at our God. That is, the, that is the proper response to considering life and, and God as creator. But it's not just a claim that I'm making. This is what happens in heaven. In Revelation chapter 4, we, we see the worship, the throne room of heaven, and we see the angels never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come. And then the elders, they take their crowns and they worship God saying this in Revelation 4.11. Oh, Lord, our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things. And by your will they exist 
and were created. God as creator is not just some claim of the Bible. It is a central claim from the first verse to the book of Revelation. The worship in heaven is pivoting around this, this idea of God created. So wow, you are worthy, God. You are worthy. You are worthy. So, worthy. so, so here we are today. We're going to talk about God as the creator, that God is the creator of life. And it's to, it's to fuel our worship. It's to fuel our wonder. It's to, it's to cause us to marvel at just how amazing our God is. So that's where we're going today. When it comes to God as the creator of life, uh, we see the six days of creation in Genesis chapter 1. On day 1, creates light, separates light from darkness. Day 2, he separates the water above, water below, and creates this expanse called the sky. Day 3, he creates life. Let me read it, Genesis chapter 1, verse 9. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the water he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, the beginning of life. Seed-bearing plants and fruit trees on, on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the third day. Life created on day three, the first, first of life, plants. Fun note. There is not yet a sun, moon, and stars created. That is day four. That is day four here in, as we go through the book of Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis. Not a problem if we're talking about a 24-hour day. I mean, photosynthesis and all that sort of stuff, we don't have to worry about that if it's only a 24-hour day. Besides, in chapter 2, God clarifies, or the Bible clarifies, when he created plants, he didn't create them as of adult mature plants, he created them as seeds in the ground that don't spring up until there are people. In fact, this is what we read in Genesis 2. At the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub of the field had yet grown. There was life, but it hadn't sprung up from the ground. Had grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Now, there is a big problem here with the day-age theory. If you follow the day-age theory, I understand, but there's a problem here when it comes to these facts. Because if you believe that the earth was created in six days, but the days represent hundreds of millions of years, even a billion years, um, plants without the sun for hundreds of millions of years is a problem if you're trying to keep things in the day order of the Bible. If you're not try- worried about the day, then, then we're, we're in a totally different game. But if you're trying to follow the days of creation and, and have life and plants hundreds of millions of years before the sun, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, shout out to James Paget, who I can't even find in the room. He, he's, not even here. he's not even here. This was his moment. This, this was the moment. Okay, so uh, he, he sent me this amazing email about tree rings and, and, and about the life. I mean, some of you are sending me emails about different things that you've been researching about his tree rings, about a bristlecone pine, 5,600 years old, all this amazing research behind it, talking about life and, and, and living creatures. But honestly, 
The sun, moon, and stars created on day four is probably the biggest intellectual challenge by far to the day-age theory if you're trying to keep the days in order. I'm just, just putting that out there. We're going to talk more about the challenges of sun, moon, and stars next week. That'll be super fun. But if it's a 24-hour day, not a problem. Let's look, at some, let's look at some pictures and marvel at God. Plants. We're supposed to look at, at, at creation. And, and not only do the heavens declare the wonder of God, but the earth is handiwork. Psalm 19. We're, we're supposed to look at the beauty and the diversity and the complexity of life and marvel. Plants. Wow. The first thing that God gives life to, according to the Bible, plants. The second thing God gives life to, according to the Bible, were fish and birds on day five. Let me read it. Verse 20, then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures and let birds fly up above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged creature according to its kind and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and then morning the fifth day. Let's marvel. Check out these pictures. I mean, wow, right? Kelly was like, are you going to put an ugly fish on there? No. 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 But, that would just, it, but it would serve as a brilliant contrast of, of the creativity and, and marvelousness of, of God. Um, wow. Diversity, complexity. Creation in, in, its, in life. God is creator. Wow, God. Wow. On day six, on day six, God created land animals and finally, as the grand finale, people. And we read this in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man or humanity in our image. According to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created the male and female. First of all, God's creation of creatures, of, of, of the animals of, of planet Earth. Wow, right? Isn't this like, God, wow. The beauty, the, the, the diversity, the creativity, the complexity. Wow. And then, and then people, and when you think about people, just, just this, the, 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 again, the diversity, the, the, the images of people, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the eye, the, the eye, the hands, I mean, just blood vessels. I mean, wow. Wow. God didn't make a mistake with you. He's 
He is amazing. Look at his attention to detail. Wow. Life's incredible. Life's incredible in all its brilliance and, and, and complexity and its beauty and diversity. I just marvel and I say, God, you are worthy. Worthy is God to receive glory and honor and power because he created all things. And by his will, they exist. Wow. I believe the study of biology or life, and specifically in the area of microbiology for me personally. For me personally, the area of microbiology may be more than any other field of science, the one that makes it intellectually impossible for me, for me, to believe that life came about by chance combined with time. I see, I see no other option when I'm looking under the microscope other than, other than to conclude there must be a God. There must be a God. We must have been created by a brilliant, creative creator. Far more brilliant than we could even comprehend. I believe in God as creator. I believe that there are three issues in biology connected to microbiology that, that make for me it impossible to conceive of life without the existence of God the creator. Three things that are, are hanging us that, that I can't get past. Maybe you can, but I think these three things are so significant to me that it makes, it makes it just impossible for me to not think that there is a God who is a creator. And these are the three things. Number one, the challenge of going from no life to life. Can't get past it. Number two, the complexity and all or nothing unity of a single cell. All that needs to be in a single cell for there to be reproducible life, which is what you need. And thirdly, there is not enough time, even if you claim the earth is 4.543 billion years old and it started with a cell, a living cell. There's not enough time for the, the vast array of beauty and diversity in, 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 in creation. Let's talk about this, the, the challenge of going from no life to life. Now, I'm sure that you've read about this kind of stuff, the, the, the deep sea ocean, deep ocean vents, and in, in creating a high-pressure environment with a high chemical composition cocktail that might have possibly been this environment where we crossed some line from no life to life. Possibly. I'm sure you, you've read things like, or seen things. I, I've seen things that are, it's not alive, but it looks alive. Look, when we, and it kind of moves, and like, it looks alive. I, I don't want to, I cannot underscore just how significant the leap is from not alive, even looks alive, to alive. To a reproducible, a reproducible living, even, even cell, even in the smallest of units. Because the second thing, not only is the leap from um, no, no life to life a big one, the complexity and all or nothingness of a, a unity of a single cell is a, is a big deal. And, and I, I want to, I'm going to do something here, which is going to put half of you to sleep and half of you, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm going to talk through a human cell, you, or an animal cell, quickly, and you don't have to pay attention to this bit. This is the first time in all of Rehope history you don't have to pay attention. Now you are going to pay attention, finally. Uh, and, but I, all I want you to see here is how complex a single cell is. I want you to remember whatever you studied. I want you to remember how complex a single cell is and what needs to be in a cell for it to work, to function, to have life, to be able to replicate. 
all that needs to happen, and it had to be true in the first cell for life to have taken off, replicatable. Picture one. Cells, this is, here we go, time for biology 101. Uh, Here we go. Cells are smallest living units of an organism. They have four things. Cell membrane, cytoplasmum, which is the jelly-like fluid in the cell, DNA, which is the cell's genetic material, and organelles, which are the specialized parts in the cell that have these unique jobs to perform required for life. The chunk's floating around there. Picture two, starting in the nucleus as we're evaluating these cells, the control center of the cell, the nucleus contains DNA or genetic material. DNA dictates what the cell is going to do and how it's going to do it. What you see is the t- here in the picture is the tangled, uh, spread out form of DNA called chromatin. When it's going to reproduce, it pulls together into chromosomes, which, which is what we're used to talking about and seeing. The next pictures, in order for a cell to divide, and again, this has to be here from the beginning, and if you're a biology teacher, <laughs> I hope you know this. In, in order for a cell to divide, the, the double helix uh, of the DNA must be duplicated. It must be duplicated precisely, and even from the very first time, and so it, it untwists, and then an, an enzyme called helicase unzips the DNA pairings, and then... Poly, oh, I always say this wrong every single time. Paul, polymerase, poly, polymerase, 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 right? Polymerase. They go along the separated DNA halves and they attach the correct proteins, the correct proteins to these and making identical strands of the DNA. Again, this is pretty simple stuff. You know all this stuff, but I just want to remind you what needs to take place in one cell and in, in what would need to take place in the first living cell in order to go from life to life continued. Okay, so we have that. Uh, next, next picture, the nucleus also contains the nucleolus, which produces ribosomes. That's the little gold bits that are, that are floating out there. And the, these ribosomes are going to go out and they're going to make or synthesize proteins that are needed to, to construct new uh, pairs of, of DNA and, and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're gonna, but again, all of this needs to be working together. The, all of this needs to be existing, working together. So then, not only the, so then the, the ribosomes go out of the cell and they go into the next picture, they go into the endoplasmic reticulum. Whoop, whoop. And they go, they go in there and they, they, they stick onto at least the inner bits of the endoplasmic plasmic reticulum, and, it, and that's the membrane where the proteins are made, where they're synthesized, and then once they're made, the proteins and other materials, they emerge out of the endoplasmic reticulum in small vesicles. Where do they go? They float up, next picture, into the Golgi apparatus. All of this had to be there from the beginning. So it goes to the Golgi apparatus where the proteins get folded into usable shapes, maybe attached to like a, you know, a carbohydrate or a, or a, a lipid or something like that as well. Like it folded into usable shapes. Now, what else is in the cell? We also, in, in uh, animal cells or human cells, we have lysosomes, which are like the rubbish recycling center, the re- recycling centers of the cell and they take in um, uh, damaged or worn out cell parts and they... And they're filled with uh, enzymes, and they break down the cellular debris. And then finally, 
we will also mention the mitochondrion, the mitochondria, which uh, produce all the energy needed for whatever activities the cell is going to be about. We can also mention the cell membrane, which seems so basic, but it's, it's got uh, parts to it, like the thread-like microfilaments and microtubules. Tubules. Tubular. No. Tubules. Okay. Done. In order for life, at its most basic single cell, first living creature cell to have worked, all of this needs to exist at once in one coming together for the first one. All of this. You, you need it all. It's all or nothing. You can't be missing. And what we're not even talking about today is the complexity of DNA. I mean, I, 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 my mind starts war. I can't understand. I mean, I, I mean I, maybe technically, maybe I could, but I have a hard time grasping how DNA tells this cell we're in the process of building an ear or we're in the process of building a, a femur or a lung. I, I can't, like, how, it's, how it, the DNA maps and guides together the, the creation of, of this living being. It, it's marvelous to me. It's spectacular to me. It's, it's incredible. The, the, the scientists say like there's, an, there's enough information in DNA to fill a thousand sets of Encyclopedia Britannicas, which means nothing to most of you, but you can ask your great-grandparents. They used to have these books. Uh, maybe you can Google that and see what an Encyclopedia Britannica is. Anyways, but, but so much information, so much information. In order to go from no life to life, in order to go from no life to life, even a single living cell being able to reproduce, all of this needs to be there. All of the DNA needs to be right. All of the pieces of the cell. I cannot believe that chance alone got us from no life to life. You can't evolve into this. It's, it's either all or nothing. This is why very brilliant microbiologists who are determined not to believe in God, they make these kinds of statements. Here, this is George Wald, neurobiologist, Nobel Prize winner, determined to not believe in God. But he looks at this and he sees a massive, massive problem, the problem that I'm articulating. And he says, one has only to contemplate the magnitude of this task, going from no life to a living cell with all that's needed there, to concede spontaneous generation of a living organism is impossible. When he's looking at it, brilliant world, it's impossible. Yet, he says, here we are. We exist. Yet here we are. We exist. As a result, because we exist... Even though spontaneous, uh, spontaneous uh, generation is impossible, because we exist, I believe in spontaneous generation. I, I believe in this impossible thing. I'm not going to attribute anything to God. Or I'm going to say that this is impossible, but because I'm here, I'm not going to talk about God. I'm not going to talk about anything else. That's, that, that's what happened. That had to have been what happened. I believe in that. That's the kind of leap that microbiologists are struggling with crossing from no life to life and all that is needed. Dr. Francis Crick, who is the co-discoverer of DNA, brilliant, brilliant, world-class um, scientist, no, Nobel Prize winning scientist, again, diehard atheist, diehard evolutionist. He writes this, he says, an honest man armed with all the knowledge available to us now could only state that in some sense the origin of life appears at the moment to be almost a miracle. So many are the conditions which have had to have been satisfied to get it going. 
And as he wrestles through this, he, he, he will not believe in God, but he looks at just how, it, how impossible it is for this to have come together and all that was needed to have come together. And he's thinking that there's not enough time for this to come together and it's impossible that it came together. So you know what he concludes? The co-discoverer of DNA, this brilliant world-class scientist says, the first living cell must have been transported to Earth from some other planet outside our solar system. We, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. It, it, it flags up, though, what the world-class microbiologists are seeing clearly. This is impossible for life to have just spontaneously come together. We need another explanation. Or we just need to own the fact that it's impossible, but we exist, and yeah. According to the Bible, God created all things according to their kinds, not just life, but, but life in its diversity and complexity and, and beauty and, and wonder. Now, if you're someone who believes in God, and someone who believes that in the beginning God created the, the heavens and the earth, including all living things, if God created it, we don't need naturalistic explanations when it comes to biology. I don't need to come up with theories as if God doesn't exist. I know He exists. I know He exists. And you know He exists. Most of you know that God, is ex that God exists, uh, that He's real. And, and if God, if the God of the Bible is, is real, and if He created anything, the God that, that the Bible describes, if that God is real, the one that the Bible describes... He could have created the heavens and the earth in a million years. He could have created it in the millionth of a second. The, the, how long it took him to create. The God of the Bible is so magnificent. He, six days, why so long? Right? Why would you take so long, God, knowing you are who you are? At some point, though, if you believe in God, you're going to need to decide what it means to you that, that the God of the Bible is actually real and he's creator. Is God real? Yay, yay. Then, then, then we don't have a hard time explaining how we got to life. Because it God, in the beginning, God created. Um, if he's not real, well, then we got some challenges. We got some challenges. I want to say, though, uh, it is okay to take life created by God by faith. Every origin story of life has to be taken by faith, no matter which track it comes from. When it comes to the scientific field of microbiology, I cannot not see God as the best and even only legitimate, even only legitimate explanation of life. And that no wonder heaven, when it, when it narrows down what it's going to celebrate God for, it chooses his creative work. Because you created all things. Worthy are you, God. Worthy are you because you created all things. So the, the challenge for today is quite simple. What aspect of biology causes you to, to be wowed by God our creator? I, I focus in on microbiology. It's such a massive field of study. Is there anything about the field of microbiology where like, this makes me marvel at God? The beauty of this, the creativity of this, the spectacular nature of this. Now, 
Um, if you want to read more on this topic from a creationist standpoint, here is a book. I'm going to have a lot of book recommendations next week. But uh, here's a book recommendation for this week. Uh, this book is entitled Creation Basics and Beyond, second edition, key point. Obviously, when you're buying science books, don't buy outdated editions. Always buy the newest editions because science keeps evolving, right? So just, again, uh, it's an in-depth look at science, origins, and evolution. Again, not just biology. You can see on the chapter titles there, maybe just the kinds of things that the book is talking about. If that's an interest to you, that's fine. We'll be talking about more resources next week. At the end of the day, we have 30 minutes here. I, I, I don't have enough time to hardly do anything when it comes to these messages. But I want to flag up that there's something worth exploring here. There's something worth looking at here. If this is your field, there's something worth looking at here. Today, I just wanted to introduce some stuff and let us marvel at God. In fact, I'm, let's do that together right now. God of the Bible, you are spectacular. And I testify that I see your brilliance and creativity in life, in, in all its diversity. Plant life and animal life and, and, and people and, and, and fish. and bur- God, Magnificent is your creation, specifically your creation of life. I, I declare your greatness and your renown. God of the Bible, I I pray uh, that you would open our eyes to see and marvel and rejoice in the wonderful things that you have made. To you be all the glory and honor and praise, now and forever, in Jesus' name, amen.